Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Hey, good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to today's edition of Calvary Live. My name is Ed Taylor, taking your calls and your questions today. 303-690-3000. is the number. <clears throat> now, many of you know here up and down the front range that our 89.7 signal has gone down unfortunately we've working on it the engineers are up there taking care of business and determining what the issue is is it uh, power related fire related uh, with all the fires it reminds us to uh, pray for <clears throat> those that are affected by the fires here in Colorado um, many of you that were here years ago remember that our station was taken down for about 16 days because of the fires. I forget the name of the fire that, that it was, but we were taken off the air for 16 days. Uh, and we're not sure what this situation is, but everybody's working on it. So here's the thing. We're still on the air down in Colorado Springs, 101.7. Welcome, guys. We could really use your help to fill the show today. Um, we're also on Hope FM. We're also on Truth FM. We are online. So you have a, f a complete live feed on gracefm.com or the uh, Grace FM app. And we would love for you to join us through technology and let's talk about and let's be together on. The program today, 303-690-3000 is the number. Taking your calls, taking your questions, and you know, wanting to talk about what the Lord is doing. Um, what is he showing you? Uh, how has he been speaking to you and just encouraging you in the things of the Lord? So give me a call, 303-690-3000. Thousand and text me at seven two zero three three six zero eight nine seven seven two zero three three six zero eight nine seven. You can text me directly. We got a text here that we're just going to jump in and start taking these texts. It says, "Would you please pray for my granddaughter so that she can continue to shine the light." of Jesus to change the family. Father, I pray for this precious granddaughter uh, that has the potential to bring great spiritual change into this home. And I pray, God, that you would strengthen her as she just is herself and just living out her life uh, for her, just as the sweet granddaughter that she is, that she would bring a light to her family and that you would use her greatly. We know that you can and will, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So good. I know that God used a little guy 
in Marie's life and my life uh, that began to t- stem the tide of our lives. His name was Eddie. He was born to us as teenage parents. And God uses little kids. And God used that little guy to get to his mom and me. God used that little guy to get to his grandparents. And there's just something special um, in, there's just something special about kiddos um, and how God is using them. Now, I was reading today, I'm reading a book on the history of Calvary Chapel, getting past all the layers that have been handed down to us through the years and really digging deep on first uh, hand accounts. And Pastor Bob Claycamp, uh, who was a part of the Jesus movement, spent some time in the Shiloh house in uh, the Shiloh Ministries in Oregon with Pastor John Higgins. Uh, gave me some things to read. He's got some. He had a book that was uh, from a first. This is so I didn't even know this book existed. Uh, it's called I Remember. It's by Sharon Fisher, and it is a an account of Calvary Chapel before Chuck Smith was a part of it. So she takes it all the way back to their very first meeting, Calvary Chapel, one little church, their very first meeting in a trailer park uh, utility room. That's where they gathered. So I just started reading it. She shares some of the tragedy that she'd gone through in her life, and my heart just kind of broke for her and for us and uh, for the the pain uh, that comes through... um, being separated from your grandchildren. And I just want to pray for those of you that are unfairly and sinfully separated from your grandkids and all the drama that surrounds that. But she had lost a child in um, almost just a couple days after birth. And her mom had taken pictures of the baby. She, She was so angry and bitter. She didn't want anything to do with it. She didn't want to see... Um, she was just upset, Sharon, the author, and her heart broken, of course, over the loss of a child. And this was the way that her mom was processing the grief, but she wasn't cooperative with her mom and, and, uh, she didn't encourage or comfort her mom. And, and this is what she writes Th- this was the only way she could memorialize her little granddaughter. And I robbed her of that. Years later, I could only appreciate what it was like to lose a grandchild when through an ugly divorce, we were robbed of seeing our own little granddaughters grow up. And after mom passed away, I went through boxes of old negatives and she probably destroyed those images as well. So I just, I was thinking this morning, just praying for those of you on the other end of an ugly divorce, that maybe you're separated from your children or your grandchildren were robbed from you whether it was from an ugly divorce or through death, the death of a parent that the other parent and their parents and all kinds of people get involved to uh, unfairly and unduly separate you from your grandchildren. You're not, it's not a unique story. You are not alone and it's wrong. It's just wrong. It doesn't matter. I don't care who spreads a line yarn on it, who tries to make it look pretty who tries to make excuses while well, they say it's not excuses. It's just wrong. So I was just praying for you today, if that's you. And I wrote something on my blog. I actually copied something and posted it on my blog 
from Elizabeth Elliot from a uh, from it gives you kind of the heart of a person that's been separated from their grandkids and how to respond and what the Lord wants you what what the Lord is looking for from you and how he wants to develop you and I'd encourage you to go to edtaylor.org edtaylor.org I uh, and you can just put in grandchild or grand just put in the word grand and it should pop up and I'm just sorry for you I'm, I'm it's painful I know personally it's very painful and uh, very difficult and you add to that drama and lies and deceit and it's all over it's crazy unbelievable 303-690-3000 is the number uh we have a, another prayer request uh it says and give me a text 7203360897 i need you guys down in the springs uh because our 89 signal is down right now i need you guys in the springs to give me a call uh, I need you guys down in the Springs to um, text me to fill today's show because we're recording it live even though one of our signals is down because it's going to be delivered to you guys out in Hope FM and Truth FM and stations around the country. So we wanted to give you a fresh program uh, even as we fill it. I've got a lot to say, so it may just be a program of discipleship um, because I, I've i got enough to say, believe Believe me, however, we also want to talk about what's going on in your life. So I got a prayer request here. Olga says, I'd like to pray for favorite work and home. I work a full-time job and I carry a lot on my plate and also have a father who recently was diagnosed with cancer, which it spread to his bone and just trying to find the balance. So Father, we do pray for Olga today, who has at every turn just a full plate and much going on in her life. I pray for her dad, recently diagnosed with cancer. I pray for our sister Kay, who's just coming up on the end of her chemo. Uh, We shout out to Kay that you might bring full healing into her body, and uh, we're just so discouraged by cancer, but knowing that you are able to heal. So I pray for Olga with all that's on her plate, everything that she's facing on top of that, ministering to her dad with cancer, May you give her a supernatural strength that can only be found in you uh, and by you. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, here's another text that came through. Uh, Give me a call, 303-690-3000. Again, you guys uh, on other stations other than 89.7, maybe you're listening online. Call up. Let's be on the show together. Um, But check this out. This is kind of consistent with where... Um, where we're talking today. How do I pray for my children who have been alienated from me recently after a very contentious divorce with a with a covert narcissist? Uh, it's been that way over the extent of our marriage. Um, you know, first of all, I pray, I think that it's important that you pray that God would open a door for you to be reunited with your kids without them having to deal with the layers of the complexity and problems in your marriage. And so I pray for my own grandson. You know, one day we're going to meet him without the complexities of his family. Uh, That would be beautiful. Uh, That would be God's will. But unfortunately, we're all born into the complexities of the family that we have, and some people just don't let go. Uh, They like complexity. They continue to make it worse, whether it's a narcissistic attitude or just sin, just outright rebellion, maybe reflective of a lack of... uh, being a believer, perhaps, and just 
failing the test. And so pray that you can get beyond the complexities that they would want to be part of their, um, their, your life and healing for you. And, and, and through relationship is when other types of healing takes place. Uh, but some people just like to live in drama. They like to stir up drama. They like to play the victim and they like to, and when you get people that support you on it, then you don't have any reason to repent. But you know, the Bema seat, maybe even recognizing that their white, great white throne will reveal you weren't get depart from me, you workers of iniquity. Um, yeah, but didn't we do this in your name? You, yeah, you did, but you never knew you. you I never knew you. Um, let those sort those things out before the Lord, and then you pray for God's will to be done. So I pray for this divorced couple, Lord, these kids caught in the middle, uh, that um, Lord, that she, uh, she or he, I don't know, backs off and just lets you do the work, that they don't have to be in the middle anymore. Not going to fight over it. Doesn't need to be a fight. Um, whoever has the control can make the decisions they want and answer to the Lord for their decisions. But you can break through even the worst of sin. And I pray that you would do that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Give me a call. 303-690-3000. All right. Let's go to Chad on line one is in Johnstown, Colorado. Chad, welcome to the program. Well, thanks for having me. Ed. Uh, I just need a, a quick prayer. Okay. Um, so my issue is, like, my mind's been racing a lot, and I made the bad decision of asking, like, my wife of her past relationships, and, like, it, it eats away at me, and, like, I have nightmares about it. I don't know. It, 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 I know it's okay. things that don't, that don't matter, and I know it's just like an attack to to bring me down and, and make my marriage worse. Like, I understand that, but like I, for some reason, my mind just puts me in a, a bad place. So before I pray for you, can I ask, can we talk a little bit about this? Yeah, that's fine. Okay, let's, let's sort some things out. Um, is there, how long have you been married? We've been married for a year. A year, and you did you guys go through any premarital counseling at all? No. Okay. No. Did and what prompted the question that you brought to her? What? Why? Why now after a year? I don't. I don't. I don't know why I did. It. It, it was just. I, I don't know. Like it was just on my mind one day, and it was bugging me, and I tried to blow it off, and it. It. I just eventually asked. And then, and then okay. it didn't bug me that day, and then it just slowly started kind of eating away. Okay. Would you be willing to go into some kind of premarital counseling? Now that you're married, obviously you're postmarital, but would you be willing to sit down with a pastor and walk through some of the things pertaining to marriage? Are you guys a little bit older? Is this both your first marriage? It's my second. It's her first. Okay. Okay. Because I, I think that you can process through these things living. It, it isn't a bad thing. So, so let me conclude and then I'll pray for you. I don't think it's a bad thing for you to ask those questions. And I think in her answer, if you give her the freedom to be as generic as possible so that, you know, some things are in the past, right? You just got to let them be in the past. You guys weren't together. You weren't married. Uh, you both had lives beforehand. And... And you guys knew that coming in. That would have been one of the things we talked about in premarital, like talking about our past. Let's settle it right now. Let's work through it because we all have a past. And and now that you have some knowledge, you know, I, I think of the beautiful truth that Bible says that he, God enables us 
to be able to take every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. And I think of the Bible when it says that you will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you. And and that's a promise. And I, I want you, so my homework for you is to memorize this verse. Let's start here. Because what you want to do is you want to hide God's word in your heart so that you won't sin against him. And it's in Isaiah chapter 26, verse 3. It says, You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. And what God is teaching you through this difficult information that you just received is that it's an opportunity to trust in the Lord for your wife. It's an opportunity to love her for the woman that she is today, not for the woman that she was. Um, you know, yeah. you remember in your in your vows, I know there's nothing new for you, but it's worth repeating for two for anyone listening in. Like in your vows, you said, for better or for worse. And unfortunately, yeah. in this first year, this is a worse patch, but the Lord's going to be with you. So let me pray for you. Father, I pray for my brother as he has to process this information uh, that is troubling to him and his heart, troubling to his mind, and I pray that you would put a guard up around him, like your word says. You, you your word says you've hedged us, you've put a hedge around before and behind us, and I pray for this mind, the battlefield of the mind in my brother's life right now, that you would free him up. Um, from what he's facing, and that you would strengthen his marriage and, and encourage them and strengthen them. In Jesus' name, amen. <laughs> Thanks, Pastor. All right, buddy. Keep in touch. I got a lot more to help you. Uh, you know, if, it, if you st- it keeps being an issue week after week, let's keep calling back, and we can work through some of these things uh, that you're going through. All right, sounds good. Take care. Okay, man. Bye-bye. 303-690-3000 is the number. We need your help down in the springs on the 101.7 signal or you guys online or even on the East Coast. Give us a call. Uh, we're live and uh, we do have a signal outage right now that we're working on, um, but we're doing this show live and we if, you, if the calls are in, so it's great. So we got one open line, 303-690-3000. Don't forget, text me. Seven two zero three three six zero eight nine seven, 336 and I can use the text, bring it on the air. But for now, we got people online, so we're going to head out to Pennsylvania. Gene, welcome to the program. Pastor, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. How are you? Uh, I'm fine. I have okay. one question for you. <clears throat> what what version of the of the Bible do you study out of? That you read and study out of what version? The New King James Version. The New King okay. James Version. Okay. Uh, now let me ask you another question, real quick. Okay. In Genesis chapter two, verse seven, it says, "And the Lord formed man out of the ground and breathed in his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living being." I don't like that word "being." I like the one out of the King James, "living soul." Now, okay. what do you think of that? What What is your opinion well, of that? I'm going to click it through, and I'm going to look at the word. Okay. It's the uh, okay. Hebrew word nepes. It means breath or inner being with its thoughts and emotions. So the idea okay. of of the idea of being alive is what it's trying to convey. Uh, okay. In Jeremiah 15, it, it refers to breath. 
In Judges chapter 10, it refers to the thoughts and emotions. And then in Genesis 12, Leviticus 4, Ezekiel, it refers to the whole person. Uh, so yeah. let's see. Leviticus 4, 2 says, Speak to the children of Israel, saying, If a person sins intention, unintentionally against any of the commandments of the Lord in anything which ought not to be done and does. So here it's translated person. Uh, Ezekiel yeah. chapter 18, it's translated soul. Uh, so it really oh, just okay. depends on the context. Okay. But I think being okay. the idea of our English language, you know, because when you have an English translation, what they're trying to convey is what the words mean today, trying to find an English word for today. Right. So when you come back to Genesis, it's it would be an it's an appropriate translation that okay. it's a human being. He's alive. He's a person. Okay, that's what I was hoping for because I I use a New King James version myself, but I I had a little yes. question in my mind. I have one prayer request, please, if you would, sir. My wife okay. has the dementia, and she's mm-hmm. getting worse every day. I I don't want to put her anywhere. I want to stay with her, but it's getting very difficult. I would okay. really appreciate your prayers. Okay, Father, I pray for my brother as he sees the love of his life, uh, just really dealing with this new disease. And I pray you'd strengthen Gene as he has very hard decisions to make, that you would help him, Lord, as he would express his love toward his wife and give him a peace about the decisions that need to be made. And I pray for her, Lord. I pray that you would touch her behind all of the disease. Um, Just the woman that she is, how much you love her, how much I'm sure she has sweet fellowship with you, even as it's more difficult to communicate with us. Lord, you're able to com- communicate spirit to spirit. And I would pray even that Gene's his presence and his ability to communicate with his wife like nobody else can, that you would grant that to him in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, sir. I appreciate it so much. Okay, Gene. Hey, bye-bye. Hey, God, God bless you. Bye-bye. All right, bye. 303-690-3000. You know, I really didn't answer the entirety of the question. Um, when I study... I have a Bible program open, and I usually refer to five to seven different versions of the Bible. Now, of course, I use the New King James. I've used it um, since I became a believer. And and many people would say, well, why, Ed? Why Why the New King James? Well, the New King James is a literal translation. It's a high translation. It it takes into account both of the popular manuscripts and puts them together with footnotes so you can see the differences. I really appreciate that. But the church I was saved in, and, and it's on a more on a less spiritual answer, the church that I was saved in, Pastor Jeff used the old King James. And I was willing to use the old King James. Whatever my pastor was using is what I wanted to use. However, I found that as I was using the King James, I had to stop and look up words all the time. And it was very difficult to be separated by so many years and words that were used. Uh, and and so I found out, I was visiting Raul Reese's church. I mentioned that yesterday. I went to visit Raul Reese's church. I went into their bookstore, and I go, man, I don't know what kind of Bible to get. What 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 does Pastor Raul use? And they, the guy goes back to the shelf. He says, this is the one he uses, and I bought it on the spot. And I go, well, it's good enough for him. It's good enough for me. And I've literally used that Bible for 30 years. I'm on my second version of it, I did. I really destroyed the first version, but I bought an exact uh, duplicate. Uh, an old friend, a former friend of mine, actually helped me find it. We found it from some of the last printed versions from England, uh, and I have it, and I'm using it. 
Uh, I have that as a backup in case I ever lose this one that my mom gave me as a gift. So New King James, but I use a lot of difference. And so when that question was asked, I went right to my Bible program. I right-click that word in the New King James, was able to look up from the Strong's Concordance into the Word Study Dictionary by Zodiatus, and that's how I came up with the answer um, because I'm not a master at Greek or Hebrew at all, um, but I can u- I know how to use the tools. 303-690-3000. Excuse me. Uh, Thank you guys for your patience. We do have a signal outage up here in Denver, 89.7. We've got the engineer working on it. Uh, Poor Kevin was up all night uh, trying to work on it too. It's been, uh, we don't know if it's uh, uh, phone related. We don't know if it's fire related, power related, or if it's our equipment. So we're working on it. Pray for us, but we're up online live. So on the app and on gracefm.com, we're live. We're always live. And we're also on the air down in the Springs at 1017. Uh, So thank you, guys. We're going to go down to Pueblo now. Tyler's calling Pueblo, Colorado. Tyler, welcome to the program. Thank you, sir. And actually, I'm on the Pueblo stations. You talked about 101.7 down here. So Right on. Welcome. So my question, um, it's it's something I've been trying to button down for a couple (laughs) of years. Uh, In our church a few years ago, this couple came just for a short window, and I asked him um, how long they've been married for. And he kind of gave me this weird look and this weird answer. And his answer was that, well, we've given our vows to one another, and God honored that. And I've kind of wrestled with that, because I know that God was kind of the witness in one sense with Adam and Eve. And then historically, there's been uh, a public ceremony of sorts with the local community or family or whoever being a witness for that. Um, sure. But I haven't really been able to to knock down his answer either. So I'm trying to figure out kind of the, the line or the boundaries as to what is a true authentic marriage versus what's what he probably was doing is just kind of a scapegoat answer. But again, I couldn't really um, couldn't really justify why he would be wrong in saying that. Well, I, I can we can work backwards from today. You know, we do we definitely know that the marriage ceremony as it exists today did not exist in the Garden of Eden. Uh, right. The ceremony, the witnesses the public covenants developed over time. Probably the best example of a ceremony that we have today within a biblical context would be the Jewish wedding ceremony. As a matter of fact, the Jewish wedding ceremony, the elements of that are picked up on as it relates to Jesus uh, and us as the bride of Christ and the commitments that are made, that are made publicly, that are covenants that are made, that are public um, that involved more than just two people in a closet saying, I commit to you, I commit to you. Um, then you have the level of the legalities of commitment. It's unfortunate. It's kind of like, it's kind of like back in the day, you could, you could handshake on a contract, uh, and that would be a man's word was a man's word, but it's not that way anymore. You know, when you buy a house, you don't just shake a hand, you sign thousand documents because, the documents continue to ratify what a handshake used to be able to ratify. And that's really what the ceremony is, especially for a believer. Marriage was created by God. You're right. Uh, Genesis chapter 2 gives us the very definition of marriage. It gives us the definition of one man, one woman, one lifetime in the sight of God. Um, of course, the witnesses for the who were the witnesses for the first um, marriage? The witnesses were Adam and Eve. Uh, for sure. However, in a very real way, there was a public witness because it was recorded for us in Scripture. 
So we know that it wasn't a private ceremony, but rather a public act of two people coming together and saying, we are, you know, almost like saying, uh, this is bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. Um, I'm committed to her. I'm committed to him. And God created it that way. You know, by the time you fast forward into Ephesians, you have a biblical marriage where you have the definition of wife, you have the definition of husband, you have some um, insights of what's required as far as love and submission, um, reason a man or father will leave his mother and father. So my question, my, my answer to the people like that is, well, why don't you make it public? And you hear the music, so I'm going to put you back on hold uh, and we'll continue on. Uh, so hang on, okay? You're listening to Calvary Live. Stick around. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. All right, everybody, we're back in the second half of today's program. My name is Ed Taylor. I have the privilege of pastoring here at Calvary Church in Aurora, Colorado, a Calvary Chapel church through and through. Uh, Many people wonder, oh, you changed the name. We changed the name, but we didn't change the heart of the ministry. We're a Calvary Chapel planted out of another Calvary Chapel planted out of another Calvary Chapel, and we're grateful for our heritage here in Aurora. Aurora is a suburb of Denver and one of the first cities chosen here in Colorado along with Colorado Springs and I think that would be Lone Tree perhaps maybe Centennial one of the first cities in Colorado chosen to host an In-N-Out hamburger stand can you see it can you smell it yet it's almost open. Somebody sent me a picture today. I posted on on my Insta story of it's almost done, folks. And I'm curious what they're going to do about the the palm trees. But I'm sure that's not your most uh, biggest concern right now. Um, so let's get back to the phone lines. I want to pick up with a call that we had right before uh, the break. Tyler's calling down from Pueblo, wanted to not talk about the authenticity of marriage, the ceremony. Uh, can we just say, I marry you, I marry you, and get on with it? And, and you know, over the years, Tyler, the ceremonies have been a very big part of the marriage covenant, because that's what it is. It's a marriage covenant. Uh, the Jews had a very elaborate ceremony that involved both families and the community so that a per- so that a couple was... Uh, was for all of life covenanted to one another uh, before eyes of God and among the family because the you're joining together, fortunately or unfortunately in some cases, two families. And so for a for a guy to say, well, you know, we're married because I said I married her and she said she said she married me. Um, one of the approaches I like to say is. Well, why won't you do a public ceremony? Why won't you go through with the legal uh, ramifications? Because if you don't go through the legal requirements that are there, the, the government will do it for you. They, they, because of this attitude, um, whether I don't, you know, this particular person goes this far or not, I don't know, but most likely 
this lack of a public covenant. Because of that, the government steps in and says, and they they declare something that I think is good to protect the innocent party when, when a person ends up saying, why, well, I, I don't really believe in this covenant anyway. There weren't any witnesses on and on. And they created something called common law marriage. So that if you never have a ceremony, you never bind it legally. I mean, the same guy that won't, the same, and this, I'm speaking out loud, but you can follow up in a second, but the same guy that won't covenant legally with his wife publicly signed a contract to buy a house, signed a contract to buy a, um, to buy a car, signed a contract. I mean, they sign a credit card receipt for goodness sake, 10 times a week, but they won't covenant publicly and sign on the dotted line, uh, putting it in writing that they're never going to leave their spouse, that they've committed to them. Uh, and, and so while the Bible doesn't have a formal laid out ceremony, we have enough history traditionally to know what the wedding ceremony was like for the Jewish betrothal period, uh, the, at the engagement period. You know, that's very important in light of the birth of Jesus Christ, to know that Mary was betrothed. And we need to understand what that means in order to understand she was a virgin at the time. So uh, most likely the guy is just copying out that doesn't want to make a public covenant. Yeah, and I, I totally agree with that. And I guess maybe it narrows down my to my question being um, whether him saying that or not, them making that commitment one to another, and then having the conjugal act, does God call that marriage, even even though it may not look like it, it is in a civil or civic setting or in a essentially biblical, or I'm sorry, church, modern church cultural setting? Well, that's a good question because um, I think that stepping back and making a commitment, I mean, if you're talking about two young people that have never been married before, never had any relations before, they've never had any sexual relations before, the way that you lined it up, um, I think God could, um, without any opportunity for anything else, I think God could approve of a marriage like that. But would he approve of, hey, this guy got divorced, this guy, they say they're married, they start shacking up, maybe they even shacked up beforehand and hook up. And no, I think God has a higher standard. Um, And I think God has a higher standard, even culturally, that I would say, I would say to that man, I would say, no, why don't you go all the way? Well, because God recognizes it. Well, we mean God recognizes it. If he recognizes it, then just go ahead and make the public covenant, because I think you'll get to the root of... Let's just say the way you described it, two people in the middle of a jungle that can't do anything like, yeah, God, I think that in some cases God could approve of an arrangement like that. But when you bring it into the context of, hey, she has a family and you've got kids from another marriage. And, you know, if you start to put in the context and say, look, why not? Because and, and this is when I officiate a marriage and I know the pastors here, I bring out the significance of marriage as it is to bring the gospel to the hearers there at the ceremony to preach the gospel to them because marriage is a picture of Jesus' relationship with his church. And so I'd ask a guy like that, are you a believer? Yes. Born again? Yes. And you're married and you think, God, yeah, God's just, well, why don't you have a ceremony so we could preach the gospel to all your friends and family? Oh, well, sure. yeah, oh, well. And, and so I would begin to work out the advantages of why, why not look your bride in the eye and say, I will go above and beyond to 
um, affirm to you. I, I'll tell I'll tell the world that I'm committed to you. I'm I'm willing to jump through any hoops that would give me the opportunity to affirm my love to you, to make it public. Because certainly, a public ceremony or a public declaration um, of some sort definitely fits the picture of the New Testament picture of the Bride of Christ. He claims us publicly. He publicly, in writing, gives us a covenant and covenants himself to us. Um, you know, if I guess if we sat down and worked it out, we could probably come up with 30 reasons why this dude should do it publicly. Right. Okay, yeah. Yeah, your explanation, uh, breaking it down like that was was certainly helpful. Um, clearly, there's got to be some accountability for marriage, and maybe calling them to that public act is one way of doing that. And I think you you also made a, as I'm thinking out loud here, uh, you also made a comment in terms of of socially or within the church community. You know, you you and I being in a church community, we are submitted to our leaders, uh, and we are submitted to the men, the pastors, the elders that God has put in our lives that he declares are the overseers of our souls. And if the leaders encourage or even dictate to us that, yeah, if you want the community of believers to recognize your marriage, we want you to have a formal ceremony, and it's not sinful, you know, they're not telling us to do something sinful, then it would be well for us to say, yeah, do it publicly. And we've done that many times here, where we've said, why don't you just make it public, invite your family, and, um, and, and it's really usually... It's usually a growth spot, you know, for them. It's usually a growth, a maturity level. But uh, again, not knowing your friend particularly, most of the time when a guy cops that attitude, they haven't, they're not fully committed in that relationship. Correct. It's hardly ever the woman. It's hardly ever the woman that says that. Correct. (laughs) Well, I appreciate you articulating that. That helps out tremendously in my thoughts. So right on. Great, great question. Thanks for calling in. Say hey down there. God bless you guys. Thank you, you too. Bye-bye. 303-690-3000. I just got a note that says 89.7 is back on the air. I So if you guys are listening on 89.7, welcome back. Uh, thank you for our engineer to get it all in order and working through it. Uh, great. Uh, so frustrating to have the station off the air, but it happens. It happens. 303-690-3000, Let me go back to the phone lines and see who we have next. It is now back to Denver, Colorado. Ivan, welcome to the program. Hey, Pastor. Good uh, autumn afternoon to you. Hey, what's going on? Hey, I've got a question about healing. I'm a okay. uh, 100% disabled veteran with uh, mental illness, uh, PTSD, bipolar disorder, and I I haven't worked in like 17 years. So um, I've got a question about like James 2. says, consider it pure and joy, my brothers and sisters, uh, whenever you face trials of of many kinds. Okay, and it, it really didn't mean much to me until recently, all this stuff. I've lost a lot of stuff. I've lost my wife after like 20 plus years. I've lost contact with like my, my kids, you know. Um, you know, so I've just really lost a lot of everything. I've, I've gone through psychiatrists, psychiatrists. Right now I'm on like seven psych meds, uh, psycho- uh, psych- 
lot of stuff. You know, I'm, I'm kind of like maintaining, but it's just just not enough. So then, uh, so I so I look at um, like James James five fourteen, and it says, uh, and this has been weighing on my head for for a long time. And it says, uh, let me see if I can find it here, um, where it says to um, to to um, to go to the uh, to the elders uh, to be anointed with oil. Yes. You know, and and you know, I, I've always thought about that instead of going to the, like I said, I've gone through so many psychiatrists, doctors, and. You know, I take uh, antipsychotics, psychotropics, uh, um, a- uh, antidepressants, mood stabilizers, and nothing seems to work. I'm just kind of like numb now, and uh, I don't know how to go about, you know, seeking out the uh, the elders or somebody to, you know, to get anointed. I think you that know, that I'm verse for some kind of healing, I guess. Yeah, that verse applies to mental illness as much as it would to physical illness. And to come to the elders of your church and ask them to anoint you with oil would be absolutely a wonderful thing to do. Okay, and so, and and, you know, like, I don't hear about that going on anymore. And actually, I haven't heard about that going on for a long time. So is that just something I just reach out and say, hey, you know, I need help. Do you come to Do you come to Calvary here? Uh, no, I don't. But um, okay. I, I I look at it um, on the internet. Uh, I watch it on the internet. For for us here at Calvary, we we are so uh, committed to this particular truth in the Bible that we have oil up on the stage for the pastors that are up there every service, so that if someone comes up uh, with sickness and asking mm-hmm. for it or or there, we will we will encourage them. Uh, we will pray with them. It's that important to us. Uh, and so, um, I'm going to pray for you right now. It doesn't technically fulfill. I can't anoint you with oil over the radio, but I want to pray for you because I know it's tormenting and challenging. But I know I in the scriptures, uh, God He shows us that there are times where people were tormented. There were times where people lived with things for years and years and years, and He healed them. And God can heal you. I know that. I know that he can. So let me pray for you right now. Uh, Father, I pray for my brother Ivan, and I know that it has been a very difficult time for him in his mind and in his heart. Um, and and I pray for healing in his mind. Um, all that he is, all that he's facing, all that he has to deal with, the, the tormenting dreams and the tormenting issues and the all of it. God, I pray um, for him, I pray God that you would encourage him and heal him according to your word, that you would bring healing in his life. Uh, in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Pastor. You're welcome. And so I would encourage you if you ever are, are you so incapacitated that you don't leave the house or are you able to come out of the house? Well, you know, I leave the house probably to go to the doctor every. Every two weeks or so, I leave my blinds closed. I, I don't okay. go out much at all. But you know, I'd like to go to the church to your uh, services. I would. I would 
love to meet you, love to shake your hand, and I would love to be a part of the pastors coming along aside you and anointing you with oil, like the Bible says, with faith. And this is the, the church in, in Aurora? This is the church in Aurora. We're on, uh, we're on Hampton, one block east of Tower. There's a Safeway I, on the I corner there. Yeah, we're right next to the Safeway. Okay. Okay, I'll try to make that. Okay, I look forward to it, brother. I can't wait to meet you. Okay, well, thank you. Okay, brother. Bye-bye. All right, bye. 303-690-3000 is the number. Text me, 720-336-0897. is back on the air. Thank you, Kevin. Thank you, Joshua. Thank you, our brand-new engineer. Uh, Whatever was wrong with it, I'm glad we got it fixed, and whatever... um, it's just been some warfare with 89.7 the last uh, couple days. Well, actually, for a while, we got studio little things in our studio. We got little buttons that don't work. We got, you know, the T1 line was down. Who knows what the issue was today? Um, but pray for your local radio station. Financially support your local radio. I'm asking you to support Grace FM. Go to gracefm.com right now and donate. Put in a recurring donation. Uh, let let it be a gift as unto the Lord to get worship and the word out 24 hours a day, seven days a week. If you're listening to this show on another station, then donate to that local station. Please, please, please support Christian radio. I know you listen to it all the time. I know it's on all the time, and I know it kind of feels like, well, radio is always going to be there, but it's super expensive to run a radio station. It is super expensive. Uh, everything is $1,000 here, $1,000. It's expensive, trust me. Uh, and, and so we know every little bit will count, especially recurring. Um, and you're like, come on, Ed, you just want my money. No, 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 no. I know the Lord provides, but I know the Lord provides through his people. So go to gracefm.com and set up a recurring gift. It's all secure. We're just, we're not a corporation. We're not a multi million dollar uh, organization like K Love or Air One. We're not like that. It, we're a church, a church with a group of people that were committed to purchasing a radio station. And, and just for perspective, for Grace FM, I know other stations have different price tags, but it was almost $3.1 million to buy Grace FM. All right, that's not even all the build out. That has that's not all the equipment. That's not all the stuff we had. That 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 was just to buy the rights from the federal government to broadcast on this station. And then we bought 1017. That was another $400,000. This is all public, so you know, it's all on the FCC website and and the only reason I'm sharing it with you is to give you perspective. Because uh, sometimes, you know, uh, we'll give the testimony, right, with her pastor. Oh, look what the Lord gave us. And and it's true. The Lord gave it to us. He entrusted it to us. But don't associate gave with free. You know, I think of our building, you know, where we meet as a church. I think of all the resources. We say all the time, the Lord gave this to us, the Lord gave to us to us, but not it, not for free. Um, Not for free. Uh, it's through the faithful giving of the tithes and offerings of his people, the tithes and offerings. So if Grace FM has blessed you, if Hope FM has blessed you, if Truth FM has blessed you, if Refuge FM has blessed you, 
if wherever station you're listening this to has blessed you, then I do believe, um, just like Moses did for the building of the tabernacle, I do believe it's not sinful to ask. Um, and I'm not. It, I do think it's sinful to manipulate or guilt, and I definitely won't do that. But it's not sinful to ask. Um, it's not sinful to put the need out there. And this is a need that never ends. We always have bills every month, just like your church. So this would not be your tithe. You don't tithe to a radio station or to a ministry. This would be an offering. So you tithe to your local church. But if you want to support Grace FM, then you can give an offering. Isn't that awesome to be a part of it? You'd be a part of it. You know, how about the letter I wrote, read not too long ago? Um, let me. I'm going to pull it out and see if I can find it. I thought for sure I had scanned it, but I couldn't find it last time when I wanted to read it. And I may not be able to find it now of the person that that sent it, that handed it to me. It was back, it was back when I was, you know, and I can't find it again. It was back when I was teaching at, in, at Calvary Chapel in Fort Collins. Here it is. I was teaching at Calvary Chapel in Fort Collins for my friend, Pastor Dave Pierce, and this uh, sister walked up to me so excited, um, and, and she handed me this letter in an envelope. She says, I've been waiting forever to hand this to you. I'd like you to read it. And I took it home, and a couple days later, I read it, and I'll just read to you the beginning. It says, I'm so excited to be meeting you today. Listen, Grace FM is the reason that I and my family are committed Christians today. Grace FM is the reason that I and my family are committed Christians today. I was a pagan leading a worldly lifestyle before I found Grace FM. And as I continued listening to the programming, God continued to soften my heart. And given the times I was typically driving, uh, you were one of the main pastors that I was listening to. And even your intro song, This is Amazing Grace, is one of the first worship songs I ever learned and is still one of my favorites today. So just if you want to be a part of this, and this letter is shared, the testimony of this letter is shared to everyone behind the scenes, everyone that gives other tithes and offerings, everyone that gives at Calvary Church, everyone that gives through Grace FM. You, We all get to share at the Bema Seat this testimony. Grace FM is the reason that I and my family are committed Christians today. And that we get, this happens over and over and over again. So cool. Unbelievable. So go to gracefm.com, download our app. You can donate online, put in something recurring so we just know monthly uh, we have the resources and that God would continue. And, and when we have extra, we save it because we do get extra, we save it for the purposes of buying one more station. And you guys heard the call today from Pueblo. Pueblo's way down south. <clears throat> 1017's not the strongest signal. So we're praying about upgrading that signal, and we're praying about uh, buying one more station to cover the 13 prisons in Canyon City and to help the churches down there in Pueblo, to help um, down in Calvary Chapel, Pueblo, uh, forget the name that he's calling it down there, and then also Calvary Chapel in Canyon City. Um, uh, Livingstone's Calvary Chapel is in Canyon City. So um, be a part of the team. Join us, Grace FM team. So many people have over the years, and I'm grateful for that. Um, I was looking through some old pictures recently and saw the night that we opened. We got to open early. We got they 
Way FM is the station that we bought it from. And they handed the station over to us early because they got their station on early. And um, it was just a couple computers in a room and we all were in that room. And, and some of you remember that when we went on the air, the very first thing we did was read the Gospel of John chapter 3 to dedicate our station to the Word of God. And and then we went on with music and things because that's all we had at the time. And over the years, it's developed and continues to develop. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Support local Christian radio. If it's not Grace FM, you're listening to this on Hope FM, that's where you support. Truth FM, that's where you support. Refuge FM, that's where you support because you would support your local radio station. And uh, good stuff. Let's go back to the phone lines. Pick up with... Tim in Inglewood, Colorado. Tim, welcome to the program. Hi, Pastor Ed. How you doing? Good. What's up? Um, so I originally had a question, but I really feel <laughs> led to ask for prayer. Um, okay. So my best friend's wife is going into surgery right now um, to get her gallbladder removed. Okay. Um, and I can just really feel like this anxiety and anxiousness between both of them. Um, and so okay. just like... Pray for peace. Um, pray for wisdom for the surgeons as well, too. Um, so, yeah. Father, I do pray for this family uh, as the anxiety of surgery and all the fears that are associated with that just kind of well up and begin to divide and begin to to um, be challenging God. I pray for them right now. Um, having seen a couple surgeries recently in our own family, I know the anxiety level can go very, very high. But your word says to be anxious for nothing, but in all things by prayer and supplication that we would, with thanksgiving, make our request known to you. And the peace of God that surpasses all understanding will guard our hearts and minds. And that's what I pray into this family today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hey, I got time for your question. Go ahead. Shoot it real quick. Um, so I did have a question about angels and like, do okay. angels sin? Because I know that it says it in Hebrews. Uh, Hebrews 2, I believe, where it says, like, Christ didn't die for angels. He died for the descendants of Abraham. So, like, do angels sin? Angels do sin, yes. We have okay. two categories of angels now. We have demons, those that have rebelled against God, that live in perpetual sin. That's all they do is sin. And then you have the angels that are loyal to God, two-thirds of them, of the created beings. It seems like the angels are a different created class Whereas you and I have the option to follow God, um, and and we 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 get a lifetime of 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 opportunity to choose. For angels, they got one shot, and it's already over. Two thirds were lo remain loyal to God. One third followed Lucifer in the in the fall. The ones that fell with Lucifer, all they do is sin. They're wicked, evil beings. Those that are loyal to God never sin and never attempted to sin ever again. Okay. Um, does it say, I believe it says it in Hebrews, I'm not exactly sure, but does it say that we judge the angels in heaven? Yeah, yeah, I think it's, um, yeah, that, uh, I think Paul's telling the Corinthians uh, about judging okay. angels. He goes, you guys can't even judge yourselves, don't you know we're going to be judging angels? Mm -hmm. uh, let me see if I can find it here. 1 Corinthians 6.3, do you know that we shall judge angels how much more things that pertain to this life? Okay. 
And just just by way of sinning, uh, here's a scripture that specifically says, for if God did not spare the angels who sinned, and so angels absolutely, there was a class of angels that not only sinned, but continue to live in sin. They're reserved in hell, delivered them into chains of ju- dark, chains of darkness to be reserved for judgment. Okay. Okay. Great questions. That, that, um, yeah, that helps answer my question. Thank you so much. Okay. Thank you. God bless you. Thanks. You too. Bye bye. Hey, we're back in person worshiping here at Calvary Church this weekend. Uh, there is, we are um, abiding by the restrictions. Um, why? Because we're showing preference to others. Uh, all the information to RSVP and everything is online. I know it's hard. I'm going to be dropping a uh, podcast probably tomorrow on this very topic. Um, you know, I know that there was a court judgment one in Colorado for a couple of churches recently, and and a lot of people are excited. I got a couple emails. People excited, but you know, as a pastor, I don't want you excited about court decisions. I want you to be excited about the gospel. I want you to be excited about God's work on the earth. Courts and come and go. Judges, judges change their mind. Uh, the state's appealing it right now. And if, if we can no longer have to wear masks, praise the Lord. But if we're going to be excited about anything, church, let's be excited about the gospel of Jesus Christ. Come on now, let's do it and share the love of Jesus in our community. I'll be dropping that podcast tomorrow, so be looking for it on Lead to Serve. Uh, and sign up for our our email so you can get it. God bless you guys. We'll see you at church this weekend, Saturday and Sunday. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's word.